Welcome back to the Friendship Bread Podcast. I'm Alma, and I am here with Crystal. Hello! (laughs) We love to have real, honest conversations about life and how the conservative culture we grew up in shaped our mindsets. Can I tell you my breadcrumb, Alma? Yes. Just like right in, right away off the gate. I don't know that you've ever like volunteered that quickly. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking at the calendar Mm -hmm. and I realized that that today, the day this episode comes out, is the first day of fall. Oh my word. I can't believe I didn't remember that. I knew that as soon as I said it, you were going to be like, oh my gosh, how did I forget that? (laughs) It's amazing. I'm so excited. I am like... Fall is like a whole mood for me, mm-hmm. and yeah. I am here for it. Crystal may or may not be dressed in head-to-toe fall colors today. That is true. That yeah. is not a lie. <laughs> and, I mean, to her credit, it feels like fall outside today. It does. I, I started out the day in, like, shorts and a tank top, and, like, I lasted, like, three hours, and then I was like, yeah, nope, this is not the mood for today. Yeah. Yeah, I it it's chilly outside. It is. I've been I've been much happier since I changed into my fall attire. Yeah. Plus, not only is it warmer, but it's super cute. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> it's also super comfy. Yeah, and comfy. Mm-hmm. Fall clothes are just win all around. Mm, so good. I know. Yeah. I think my breadcrumb this week is that I, I think it's funny because last week my breadcrumb was the OARDC that I still don't remember the other name for. Can't believe I haven't looked that up. But this week, my breadcrumb is another place that I have explored recently that I haven't gone before. And that is Stan Hewitt Hall and Gardens up in Akron. I've never been there, but I heard about it recently. I thought it was funny because I heard about it and was like, oh, I want to go there. Now you went. Yeah. Without me. I know. I went with my sister-in-law and it was beautiful. We have to go sometime and take your kids. The gardens are so pretty. So, so pretty. And the house is super cool. It's just very old and I don't know if kids would find it as amusing. I don't know. But it's super cool. Like, if they would find that kind of thing, maybe when mm-hmm. they're a little older, I don't know. But if they would, it's it's very cool and fun to look at. But it, it kind of blew our minds in a lot of ways. And then the, the gardens are just so impressive. So well kept. It sounds like fun. Yeah. So, yes, another garden place that I have visited recently. This one made me feel like I was in Downton Abbey. And it was wonderful. I If it made you feel... Like you were in Downton Abbey, I, I can't imagine that there was anything wrong with it. There was nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it sounds perfect. The only problem was that when we walked into the house, there were rules, like no touching. What? I know. That's terrible. <laughs> how dare I not touch, or how dare they say I can't touch old antiques that are timeless? <laughs> well, I guess if I went there, I could experience what it feels like to be my kids. <laughs> No, don't touch that. (laughs) You can't have that. I swear, every time I take them to a store, Mm -hmm. my four-year-old pulls something off the shelves and puts it in the cart. (laughs) And it's like 10 minutes later, and I'll be like, what is this? Like, recently, I walked through the canning section Mm -hmm. at a store. 
Mm-hmm. And like 10 minutes later, I look in and there are not one, <laughs> but two funnels. Oh my goodness. In my cart. Do I need a funnel? I do not. <laughs> I do not need a funnel. I already have like three of them. Was he in the cart? Yes. And so he just like pulls it he off He just the like shelf grabs and- it, pulls it down into the cart and is like, and he doesn't like hold it. He puts it on like the stack of things that we're buying. That's hilarious. Because it's like in a different corner of the cart, you know? He has a corner. <laughs> the stuff has a corner. So no wonder you are always having to tell them not to touch things. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, though, to a four-year-old, so. Right? He's, I get it. <laughs> he's shopping. That's what he's doing. Yeah. He's enjoying his life. 100%. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? Things that you do not talk about in conservative cultures. <laughs> Good one. If you listened to last week's episode, then you might already know what we're talking about because we stole it straight from there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking all about emotions and feelings and all the things that goes on in our brains. Maybe not all the things. Some of the things. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm excited about that. I think I think that in a lot of conservative cultures, you like I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, mm-hmm. but you're not taught how to feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. You're not taught to give your feelings a space. You're not taught how to process them. And sometimes it's like, oh no, please, like that emotion actually just doesn't even exist. Yeah, I think that is Absolutely true. And one of the very first things that we want to tackle out of the gate today is the belief that you are responsible for the thoughts that come into your brain. Yes. We are not responsible for the thoughts that come into our brain. Mm -hmm. We can't control what pops in, what decides Mm -hmm. to show up randomly. We can literally only control our response to that thought. Yeah. Yeah, you can control if you're going to dwell on that thought, Mm -hmm. if you're going to keep entertaining it and tossing it around in your head, or if you're going to kick it back out the door. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not always easy to kick things back out the door. Yeah. But, like, you are responsible for trying. Yeah. And that's, that's it. I I think like for me, I experienced so much growing up feeling so much shame for the thoughts that popped into my head, mm-hmm. even if I dealt with them. Like I'm going to think of um, an example like of something a 12 year old. Okay. So like when I was 12 years old, let's say I thought that Susie was mean mm-hmm. and in my brain pops the thought, I don't like Susie. She's so mean and she's ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Immediately, I can say, Alma, that wasn't a very nice thought. Let's move on from that thought. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to think those things of Susie, yada, 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 whatever. But it's not, as a a 12-year-old, I took so much responsibility and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm a horrible, horrible, horrible person. Mm -hmm. I believe that Susie is ugly. But I don't actually believe that. That's a thought that came into my brain. Like, am I communicating that clearly enough? Yes, because you're saying like... Your thoughts don't define who you are. Exactly. They don't define your beliefs. Your thoughts are these things that come in and then you get to decide what you're going to do with them. So Mm -hmm. I, as a 12-year-old, could have said, yeah, Susie's so ugly and 
mm, and I'm going to tell everyone she's ugly and I'm going to just dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Or I, as a 12-year-old, could say, I don't actually think Susie's ugly. That mm-hmm. thought wasn't nice. It popped in my brain, but it's not my fault. I, I mean, as a 12-year-old, I did not have the wherewithal to think that all. Mm -hmm. And so I took so much responsibility on, I took so much shame on for that I was a horrible person who had these horrible thoughts about Susie. Yeah. And obviously we're using one example here, but it goes I think it's a good example. Yeah. I mean, there's also the thoughts you have about yourself. Mm -hmm. There's the thoughts you have about the world. There's all kinds of thoughts that Mm -hmm. can pop in our head at any given point on any given day. And we do not need to carry shame for them. They do not make us a bad person. They don't make us a good person. They are just thoughts. Yeah. And until we act on them or we respond to them, they're literally completely neutral. Mm-hmm. They're just thoughts. I like that, that they're completely neutral. I don't think I ever thought of describing thoughts as neutral before. Mm-hmm. I, I think I used to tell myself, like, those are not my thoughts. They, like, mm-hmm. came into my brain, but that doesn't mean that they came from me. Yeah. Like, our brains are – I don't know how to describe it. Almost like – I kind of want to say volatile, but that's not really the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. We take in so much information every single day. Yeah. We're – Oh, yeah. It's like noise. Like, our yeah. brain t- has, like, a lot of noise traveling through it. Mm-hmm. And it's – just like the things that you filter out and mm-hmm. choose to keep or the things that can kind of get thrown into the trash bin and go back out. I mean, it's just all a big – there's so much information that goes through your brain. Yeah. Like tons. I completely agree. It's, it's mind-boggling to actually – if you actually think mm-hmm. about how much information goes through your brain. It's kind of crazy. Like, okay, it's more than kind of crazy. It's yeah, insane. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. This is why we don't think about that too much because we end up spinning in circles. And yes, yes, because I'm not a scientist and I don't understand how it all works. And so just like thinking about it is enough to send my brain spinning and I'm just like, can't function. Can't compute. I cannot. I can't. I just can't even. It's too much. It's extremely overwhelming. Yeah. So... I think that's the the first thing we wanted to like mm-hmm. really just talk about. Thoughts are thoughts. They don't define you. Mm-hmm. You get to choose how to respond to them and how to act on them or yes. whether to act on them. Yes. And then second, emotions. I think emotions are such a big deal mm-hmm. because I think we downplay them a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, no, like... Hurt? No, I didn't feel hurt by that. No, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm I'm fine. That didn't hurt me at all that you ignored me for 12 hours and didn't answer <laughs> my text for five hours. And No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, in, in relation to thoughts, emotions can evoke thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, too, that's why we're like, oh, that thought came from me. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, if you're feeling ignored by somebody, well, then I thought that thought comes into your head. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. vice versa. Like a yes. thought can evoke an emotion as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's part of why it's so hard to, to exactly what you said to not think it came from you because mm-hmm. they kind of tie themselves together, and it feels mm-hmm. like this big deal, and it feels like it's from you. I think the thing that we um, 
often don't learn as children is how important it is when you like have a feeling Mm -hmm. to acknowledge feeling that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a big to do of like, Hey, everybody look at me. I, I just felt fear, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it's just like acknowledging within yourself. Like, Oh, I felt fear about that. Like, I wonder why I felt fear about that. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to like unpack it like right in that moment, but like making like a, I don't know, a list or whatever. And like going through those things later can be so helpful to learning how to figure out your emotions and how to navigate them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that similar to thoughts, there is no such thing as a bad emotion. Mm -hmm. I feel like Growing up, I always had this view of like, well, joy is a good emotion. Happiness is a good emotion, you know, and then anger and fear, bad emotions. Mm -hmm. And now I'm realizing there's no such thing. They're all just emotions. Anger still has a place. Joy, I mean, yes, joy is a wonderful emotion to feel, but it's still just an emotion, Mm-hmm. You can't classify other emotions as worse because they're yeah. all just emotions. And you like you put them on a level playing field and you allow yourself to feel all of them. Because if you're classifying certain emotions as bad, then you're going to feel shame when mm-hmm. you feel them. I think that, I don't know, as we're talking about this, I just keep thinking of the movie Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Because it is honestly... Even if you don't like animated movies, you should watch Inside Out. It's amazing. Because it is so good at just like a baseline on emotions. Mm-hmm. And in case somebody hasn't seen it, the the premise is that there's a girl and she has these emotions that are like the control panel. and In her brain. In her brain, yes. And they're like, joy is kind of you know, usually driving things and there's sadness and disgust and, um, fear, oh, fear yep. and anger and anger. And so they all kind of are, you know, they kind of all have things that they like in moments that they impact. And then there's like a life changing moment that happens for her and things change. And joy is freaking out because, all of a sudden, these things are being impacted by more by the other emotions and not just driven by joy. Mm-hmm. But that like boils down to realizing that you don't just need joy. You need those other emotions to help shape you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that they all like blend in. But I think also like sometimes I think of emotions as kind of like, like sensors. Like, mm-hmm. like, okay, if I am feeling anger, that's a sensor going off warning me it's like a big big you know flashing red light hey there's something going on here Mm -hmm. like and there's something that we need to be paying attention to it's Mm -hmm. just like the the dash lights on your car Mm -hmm. and that's what emotions are for us Mm -hmm. they are the warning lights and the you know the low tire pressure sensors and the oil change sensor Mm -hmm. so we know when it's time to you know give some maintenance to those areas yeah and in each of them like you were saying that joy in the movie joy realizes that each emotion has a place Mm -hmm. like and they do they Mm -hmm. each have a place there are times when it is important to feel anger Mm -hmm. and there are times that it's totally okay to feel fear because it keeps you safe and 
there's, there is a time and a place for every single emotion. And so if we are constantly squelching those emotions when we actually need to feel them and allow mm-hmm. ourselves to feel them, we're not having like a balanced experience. Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's talk about that. You said it's okay to feel anger. Mm-hmm. But growing up, did you feel like it was okay to feel anger? No, absolutely not. No, neither did I. Yeah. So we're taught when we're kids, and I think I think that's one of those things that it's like, well, that's how we've always done it. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you know, I mean, it's one of those those beliefs that's handed down. Yeah. And but so why is it okay to feel anger? Because it's literally just an emotion. Mm-hmm. And it can lead you to to understanding more of what's going on. Yeah. And then responding in, you know, whatever way. Oh, anger has so much place. I agree. I think sometimes anger can actually be very, like, cleansing mm-hmm. and good because it can pull things out of you that you didn't even know you had in you. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, fear can pull things out sometimes too, but fear often makes us want to withdraw Mm-hmm. Whereas anger like tends to like want out. Yeah. Like it, it feels yeah. like it's trying to like burst out of you. It reminds me of joy in that mm-hmm. way. Because honestly, to me, they seem like kind of the same but different. Because joy, you also don't always make completely rational decisions when you're feeling immense That's amounts true. of joy. But same with anger. And it's okay to feel those things, to be in those high highs, mm-hmm. those intense highs and then you kind of come down from them, but you've had that yeah. feeling and you've had that moment of like, wow, it's kind of this moment of like, wow, this is happening, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. And then when you come down from it, then you can deal with what happened. Yeah. But but we, I feel like anger is just as intense as joy can be sometimes. And I, both I agree. Like, I agree. Yeah. I think it's like, okay, if emotions had volumes, yeah. they would be loud. Yes. They would yeah. be loud. And then there's others like fear and shame mm-hmm. that are like they kind peace. Of, they're maybe more quiet yeah. and more gentle or yeah. sometimes they're um, hidden and very sneaky. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's a good thing about anger. Like when anger is there, it's not like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was there because it makes itself known. You know yeah, what I mean? For the most part. For the most part, yeah. I think that if we are taught for so long to not yes, feel anger. we can bury it. We bury it. And yeah. then it leads to resentment. And Oh, yeah. That's so true. And then eventually we do explode. And it is way worse than if we would have just let ourselves feel the anger in the first place. Yes. I guess I was thinking – I guess I kind of skipped ahead because I was thinking that's how – Like, when you learn to let your emotions be your emotions, anger is loud and you know it's there. Yes. And it's not hidden. But definitely, like, if you're repressing your emotions, then yeah, but then it's, it's, it's like a carbonated can that you shook up and it's waiting to explode. Exactly. And it may be hidden, you know, shoved way down in that chest in storage, but it is ready to explode the second you open it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we are never taught to let ourselves feel anger, then we are never taught how to handle anger. Mm-hmm. And we are surrounded 
And we are also people who don't know how to handle anger. Mm -hmm. And so it does explode and it is explosive. Whereas if we are taught from a young age how to handle anger, then if as a child you are validated, let's say I'm having a pretend conversation with little Susie here. Little Susie Mm -hmm. just kicked her brother. Oh, boy. If you tell little Susie, little Susie, you are not supposed to kick your brother. We do not do that. Well, mom, he took my toy. I don't care if he took your toy. You go to your room. We don't kick your brother. Okay. Little Susie has learned that anger is very bad. Mm-hmm. You know? What if instead we were like, oh, little Susie, you just kicked your brother. No. I mean, we can still be upset about it because little Susie couldn't ki- ki- mm-hmm. shouldn't kick her brother. Yeah. We can still say, don't kick your brother. Yeah. But also... Why did you kick your brother? Yeah, we can validate. Mm -hmm. I understand that you are mad that your brother took your toy. I understand that you are angry. In anger, we do not kick. We are not Mm -hmm. violent. If If instead of being taught that we shouldn't feel anger in the first place, if we were taught what to do with the anger and we were Mm -hmm. taught how to place it, we can tell little Susie, take some deep breaths. You can go scream into a pillow if you want to, and then you can tell mom, Mm -hmm. my brother took my toy, instead of exploding. Because we're going to keep exploding if we're just told, don't feel the anger. Because we do. We feel the anger. And then we're never taught what to do with the anger. And if we are given tools and we're taught how to breathe through our emotions, if we're taught how to... I mean, it's perfectly safe to go scream into a pillow. It hurts Mm -hmm. no one else. And it's a good outlet, honestly. Mm -hmm. If you want to go scream outside, fine. As I'm saying that, if you have close neighbors, probably not the best idea, but, you know. Yeah. If you're okay with scaring your neighbors, it's still totally fine. (laughs) True, true. There's just, I I don't, I can't even go into all of the ways that are safe ways to express anger Mm -hmm. as compared to not. And so, as children, if we're given those tools and we are helped Mm -hmm. to understand that what you are feeling is okay, but there are safe ways to express it, then as adults, you don't have people punching walls or mm-hmm. getting into fights for no reason mm-hmm. or squelching their anger also and then exploding, yeah. you know, out of the middle of nowhere over something seemingly small. I think another, um, it's a, a quieter emotion, but just as big, and that would be sadness. Mm-hmm. Um because I think sadness is something that we're often like, oh, no, like, you should be happy. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be sad. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Don't, like, you need to be happy. Mm -hmm. And even if something makes you sad, well, don't show it. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that's accurate. Like, I feel like it's important for us to feel sadness. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of how I phrase it to my kids, and I don't know how I phrase it to my kids off the cuff, but, like, I'm often telling my kids that it's okay to be sad, Mm -hmm. but, like, that doesn't have to impact the choices that you make. Like, you might not like if you – okay, maybe they, like, they were playing with some toys, and they were having really – they were having a great time. Their imagination was going wild, and they're in the middle of this big make-believe world, right? And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, we have to leave the house for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so 
they are sad that we have to leave the house. You cannot run away and hide mm-hmm. and just not go with you. You're, you're not going to stay home alone. You're not old enough for that. So you have to go along. It's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, Mom, I really don't want to do this and I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another one of those emotions that we're often like told to just not have. Yeah, I like, agree. You're going you're gonna to come with me and you're going to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it, like happiness and joy and peace are like the emotions that if you're not feeling them, something's wrong with mm-hmm. you. Well, I think it's because those are the emotions that are seen as the good emotions. Mm-hmm. And why are they seen as the good emotions? Because they don't make you feel uncomfortable. Mm, good point. And any of the emotions that make you feel uncomfortable are the bad emotions. Mm-hmm. Because those are harder to work through. And like working through them, it can be really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to, you know, come face to face with things about yourself that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And you have to be like, great, now I got to add that on the list of things I got to work through. And that's never fun. I mean, you think your list is dwindling down and then you start adding things on to the <laughs> list again. And it's like, you know, it's just a whole thing. Yeah. I I think that that's a really good point about being uncomfortable because if we, the fact of the matter is, is that there are tools out there and we are completely capable mm-hmm. of knowing what to do with those emotions and how to feel them. And so in the example of if a child is given the, those tools, mm-hmm. then maybe you, at 23, their sadness isn't as uncomfortable for them because yeah. they have the proper tools to handle it. Mm-hmm. And even if at 23, you've never been taught how to handle sadness, the tools are still there. You just have mm-hmm. to learn them. Like yeah. all of this knowledge and all of this ability of being able to handle your emotions and know how to feel them and let them pass is still available. It's still, we can train our brains. That's the whole point of this. We can still learn, even if our whole childhood we've been taught the opposite. Okay, like I didn't think about it before now, but first we talked about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then we talked about perfection. And now here we are talking about our emotions And it literally all ties together Mm -hmm. because you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable to work through your emotions. You have to be okay with things not being perfect and not looking like what everyone else, like what you expect them to be, what society expects them to be, what your family expects it to be. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with those things Mm -hmm. to walk through your emotions. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I completely agree. If you haven't listened to episodes 43 and 44, go listen to those because I think that those are going to be, those are an important part of this conversation Mm -hmm. and they're really the steps leading up to this. That's true. Everything just ties together. Yeah. The ball of twine. (laughs) Yep. Oh my gosh, it is the ball of twine. Yeah. We've really been working on this ball of twine of a conversation for a while. Yes, we have. (laughs) We've been pulling out different twines and examining them. Yes. Yeah. I think that you and I both feel so passionately about this because we've become more aware of how much it affected our own lives Mm -hmm. and how much knowing better how to handle and feel our emotions has helped us. Mm -hmm. I feel like also... Sometimes we also 
try to compress the good emotions mm-hmm. the because people tell you you're too much mm-hmm. and so you're too loud you're you're just extra you're too dramatic mm-hmm. what i am not dramatic how dare you say that <laughs> um what don't look at me like that i'm not dramatic <laughs> okay i'm gonna let that one go um <laughs> But, like, I think sometimes we repress those emotions. Yeah. And when we're repressing those and, like, sometimes things like being dramatic or being what people call too much, that's part of your personality and it's just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so when you repress some of those things that are literally a part of who you are, a part of your personality, what ends up coming out, no matter how much you try to repress it, is often, like, anger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because when something inside of you wants to be let out, it's going to find a way out. Mm-hmm. I think even when you're repressing anger, like sometimes you try to cover up that anger with extreme amounts of what seems like joy and just different things like that because something is going to come out. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's almost like a way of resentment of like, well, I I'm not allowed to feel this emotion. So it's like a masking of what, what you're you, actually feeling. A masking what you, yeah, I think so. I think I think sometimes, well, at least in my experience, I don't feel like it was like a conscious choice that I made mm-hmm. to let out a certain emotion because others were repressed. Mm-hmm. It was more like, it felt like I couldn't control it. Like something mm-hmm. had to come out of me. Mm. Yes. And yeah. so it's because one like was that part of my personality wasn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't acceptable to be so dramatic and to be, you know, too much and too loud. So, okay, fine. Try to be quiet. Try to like blend in and fit in with everybody else a little more. Mm-hmm. And then... There would be, like, not all the time, but there would be moments of, like, anger bursting out of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, the experience I can point to that, like, what you're explaining is that when I would feel fear, Mm -hmm. my anger would go into overdrive because my brain would be like, I think because I was scared, Mm -hmm. I would feel like I was out of control and my brain would go into overdrive and I would experience anger. Like, no, like we are yeah. in control of this situation yeah. when we are really not at all. And it's irrational and it ends up saying hurtful like things. anger trying to push the fear out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not claiming to be scientists. We don't understand why sometimes we mask certain emotions with other emotions. Mm-hmm. But we do know that it happens because we've experienced it. Yeah. And so if we're able to go back and like actually say like, oh, I'm actually just really terrified of jumping out of an airplane, you mm-hmm. know, and we actually address what we're actually afraid of, then we can get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And That's- we can deal with the core emotion of what's happening. Yeah. That's so true. And that was a really good example because I definitely can say I'm afraid of jumping out of an airplane. (laughs) Yes, I related it to you. (laughs) One of the last things I kind of wanted to talk about with you is something that we've brought up before. As a child, if your emotions are not validated, what you needed in that moment is Mm -hmm. someone to say, it's okay Mm -hmm. that you are feeling fear. 
It's okay that you are feeling sadness. It's okay that you are feeling anger. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have someone to do that for us, and we weren't given those tools, we grow up without that feeling. And those those moments can turn into trauma. Those mm-hmm. moments can turn into these moments that we always vividly remember. And mm-hmm. we look back on and we say, I felt so much anger and I was so alone. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about with you, because we've had really good discussions about this and it's so fascinating to me, is that time doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So you can be that person. You can look in the mirror, pull up that memory, and say, little Alma, yep, you were justified. It is okay that you felt that anger. It mm-hmm. is okay. I'm getting goosebumps. It's okay that you felt that fear in yeah. that moment. You are okay. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You can be the adult that you needed when you were 12, when you yeah. were 9, when you were 2. Yeah. It's called reparenting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people say that it's helpful to look in a mirror mm-hmm. and to see yourself and to speak to yourself. Um, a lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I would say I've heard about an equal amount of two different ways. And the other way of finding a quiet space, sometimes maybe a dark closet, and closing your eyes and envisioning yourself as a child mm-hmm. and speaking to the child. For me, that is that is more effective mm-hmm. than a mirror. But um, I can totally see that. I think that's my I think that's how I would feel the most. Yeah. Yeah. And but just like yeah, just finding that moment, maybe a moment where you didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And you can envision yourself, you know, adult you in that moment mm-hmm. with little you. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe you were, you know, maybe something scared you and you were alone and you were crying. Mm-hmm. And you can envision yourself wrapping your arms around the small you mm-hmm. and speaking to yourself and saying, hey, it's okay, I'm here. You're not alone. You're loved. You're safe. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever whatever you felt like you needed to hear mm-hmm. in that moment, that's what you can say to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know we brought this up a little bit. and It's been a long time now. It's I think. been a long, long time. Um, yeah. But if you're interested in learning more about some of that and how some of that works or hearing somebody who has a more in-depth story, um, Ruthie Lindsay has talked mm-hmm. a lot about that. And um, she has a book where she talks about her journey and what some of that healing looked like for her. Mm-hmm. It's called There I Am and by Ruthie Lindsay. I'm also, you can go to our website and I'm going to put a, it'll be on our website under our resources tab. There's books there and there will even be a link so you can find it very easily. But she has a yeah, she has an amazing story of just tremendous pain and the things that she walked through and the things that she found healing from. Mm-hmm. And um I think she was one of the first places that I actually started hearing about speaking to that that part of you that was a child mm-hmm. and speaking to that part of you that 
still had that wound and was hurt and mm-hmm. and to 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 take care of that part. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it kind of blew my mind but then made so much sense to me to think of that 9-year-old me still exists. Mm-hmm. 9-year-old me is still a part of me. Mm-hmm. Every experience I've had is still me. I am not just 26-year-old me. Exactly. You are you are the culmination of all of your life's experiences and memories. Exactly. And I will say like heads up like if you decide to do that, mm-hmm. if you decide to speak to that child part of you, and I mean, you're going to start with the things that you remember, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes those do pull out more memories that you didn't remember were there. Mm-hmm. And I would because say- Because you're acknowledging nine-year-old you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when when nine-year-old you feels heard by 26 or 30-year-old you or however old you- um, if that part of you feels more safe to be like, oh, here's more things that I remember. Mm-hmm. And it is crazy how like there are parts of ourselves that are like parts of our younger selves that we kind of hide away from ourselves. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? And um, they're too painful or they're too embarrassing. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah, because we know, like, our bodies are so good at knowing how much we can handle. Mm-hmm. Our emotions and our our brains, like, it's so good at knowing how much you can handle and how much you can process at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it's like, this is too much, we're just going to hold that back. We're going to put that away. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you don't know what's there. Mm-hmm. But have a box of tissues mm-hmm. because it really does, it evokes some deep feelings and... Maybe you won't cry. Maybe you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Lots of people do different things. Some people mm-hmm. yell. I mean, it's it's just really like whatever it takes to – sometimes it's a good cleansing cry that helps you heal through those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those things will always still have happened. Mm-hmm. But validating that experience and being able to look at it and – yeah, I'm just repeating myself, so. No, no, I I think that's – Sometimes we repeat things multiple times because you have to hear it multiple times in order for it to stick. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing just what validation can do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I wanted to bring that up because it's blown my mind how that works. And one of my favorite, I haven't said it that horribly much on the podcast, but several people in my life, Crystal included, know that like one of my favorite things is to say, well, time doesn't exist. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like my favorite, um, oh, what's the word? Like irrational thing to say to throw people off. Like, oh, well, time doesn't exist. So like a conspiracy theory? Kind of, but yeah. I I just it's it's a construct. Time mm-hmm. doesn't actually exist. And so 9-year-old you in in another realm, in another alternate reality is 9-year-old you is experiencing what they're experiencing right now. I think I just have to say I think it's funny that you like to say that time doesn't exist and you make all these like comments about time, but you've never watched Doctor Who. <laughs> I know. Everyone tells me I like it and I just have never gotten into it. Okay. It's so many seasons. It seems so overwhelming. Well, how about this? We are going to watch Doctor Who together. Sounds good.
and it'll be our show yeah and it will have i know like there's a phrase like timey wimey something yes yeah See, look at you go. I know enough people who like Doctor Who that they say things and I like. Yeah. Yeah. But anywho. Then you can <laughs> then you can start talking about the space-time continuum. Yeah. I it just it's something I'm fascinated by and so um if it sounds a little out there to you, that's okay. It can be uncomfortable. It was a little uncomfortable for me too at first. Mm-hmm. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, "Wow, that actually makes sense. Why couldn't I be the adult that I needed?" When I was nine. Right. I, I like that you said that it sounds uncomfortable because honestly, it is uncomfortable. It is. And when you do something like that, don't expect it to pull comfortable feelings out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that sometimes people have said that it's also something that like if there's like a really, really deep trauma that you're wanting to process through, mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to have another person around too. Mm-hmm. Just Whether so it's a therapist or just someone yes. you trust. Yeah, exactly. But therapy would be a great place to mm-hmm. to do some of that stuff. Um, yeah. 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 So we could keep talking about feelings on and on and on and on mm-hmm. and on. But I think we've touched on the main things we wanted to touch on I for agree. this episode. I agree. I'm sure we will talk about more in the future. Um, I did have one other thing I wanted to add, though. Okay. Well, actually, I want to tell you something. I'm listening. Did you know that I can cut wood just by looking at it? What? Yeah. You have a superpower that you haven't told me about? Yes, I saw it with my own eyes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> wordplay. Wordplay always gets me. I, I love it. I, I think wordplay jokes are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I... I love them so much. I love them too. So, so much. Yeah. Anyway, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the joke, the joke's been said. So, goodbye. We'll see you next week. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this conversation. Um, like we said, we are super passionate about this because we've experienced how much better we feel allowing ourselves to feel and validate our emotions and we hope that it's inspired you yes literally everything that you just said absolutely so <laughs> <laughs> you, you just had to throw that in there didn't I had you to. yes <laughs> okay well this is the part of the episode where i tell you that you can follow us on instagram and facebook at um the friendship bread that's at the friendship bread, not at, at um, um. <laughs> the friendship bread. <laughs> um, please share this episode. And I just also want to remind you that you can do your part to keep us out of the dungeon by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. <laughs> so if you don't want to see us end up in a dungeon, you can do that for us. That'd be great. Um, and then again, I mentioned the website earlier, but that is thefriendshipbread.com. We have a community blog there. I think there's some pretty good blogs up there right now. Yes, um, um, I second that. Yeah, so go check those out and feel free to comment and leave us reviews there too. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation and we hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of the Friendship Bread Podcast. Bye! Bye.
That's really all, folks. <laughs>